G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm bringing you my quarterly Perth property market update. These are always my favourites. I hope you enjoy them. And today I'm focusing on why Perth is now the standout choice for both investors and migrants of all the capital cities in Australia. We've got a lot to unpack today. I'm going to go deep into the sale market, the rental market, the property clock, all the factors affecting demand and supply in our market, as well as my crystal ball and actions to consider. And we've got an event coming up if there's any tickets left by the time you listen to this free event that's going to be awesome to come along to if you can grab a spot. So let me get into things. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. So, in the Perth sale market, the number of properties for sale has continued to drift sideways since I last came to you a quarter ago. We're now at 8,307 properties for sale, which is incredibly tight. And to think at one stage, we were more than double this level at around 17,000 properties for sale back in June 2019. So this tight uh, supply is really giving buyers very few options and keeping upward pressure on prices across the board. And you can see when we compare the number of properties for sale compared to a year ago, the same time last year, we've had a further 1.8% decrease. So we're even tighter than we were a year ago. When we look at the number of properties uh, being sold each week, we're at trending uh, sideways on a quarter ago as well. So it's holding pretty firm and we're typically getting around 850 to 900 on the occasional weeks, but typically around 850 properties being sold each week. So we're on par with where we were at the same time last year. We've had a 0.1% increase, a negligible increase on last year. And that's very encouraging because despite all of the negative media washing over us from the East Coast, looking at their property markets falling um, and despite interest rates rising and taking the wind out of the sales of many of the East Coast markets, we're holding firm and our demand from buyers is maintaining at a very solid level and it's turning over properties very quickly still across the board. So let's go into some of the other stats that paint that picture. Our sale inventory, we've still got 2.4 odd months of sale inventory. So all the properties on the market would be sold in 2.4 months, which is very tight. It's at our historical low levels of tightness of inventory since I've ever been um, tracking them. So another encouraging sign that uh, keeps upward pressure on prices. We've actually had a 1.9% decrease since the same time last year. So marginal decrease, but just shows we're holding up well. When we look at the Perth median house price, we've edged up slightly on the June. So this is the June quarter. So we're at 530 
We were at 525 in the March quarter. So we're we're just edging up quarter on quarter. We're not setting the house on fire at the moment, but this is the median. So you have to appreciate there'd be many suburbs that are growing strongly at the moment. There'd be some suburbs that are starting to pull back a little bit, and then there'll be others that are sitting more and trending sideways. But I'm going to go into more of that soon, so stay with us. What's also notable here is when we look at the units, we can see that the unit median house price has taken a fall. It's dropped from 415 to 410, so nothing massive. It does show that there's a bit of the unit market's not tracking as solidly as the house market. Now, as I've mentioned in past updates, the unit market typically trails the housing market by 12 to 18 months where we're just starting to get a good level of activity and the activity's pulled back a little bit in this June quarter, but we certainly weren't around to strong growth that was occurring in the housing market. We hadn't got got there yet for units and migrants usually push units up uh, more so than any other buyer segment. So I think this will change, but and, and especially as people drift more towards affordable type properties as interest rates um, are increasing. I'm already seeing that happen across in Sydney and Melbourne where units are becoming more popular, people are priced out of houses, but increasing interest rates sort of came at the wrong time, especially for the unit market and it's looking a bit more skittish compared to the housing market that's continuing on strong. Now, when we look at the land, it's really just holding sideways. There hasn't, the, the volume's dropped to an all-time low in my tracking, so very few land sales. People just don't want to build at the moment with the high building costs and longer times. I did interview David previously on the building industry update. Check that one out. He said it was saying it's actually quite a good window to consider building because everyone's thinking not to and builders are starting to get some, um, you know, a lot more capacity in their pipelines. So if you do have some land, it might be a good time before everyone thinks it, it's a great time to start building again. But yeah, median house price is trending sideways for the for the land at the moment. Now, this one's very telling as well. Our median selling days is trending sideways and holding very quick at 18 days on market for the average property to sell across Perth. To think at one stage we were nearly up to 60 days on market back in March 2019. That's scary. It's taken three times the time to sell. And that's another good sign that there's good pressure on prices and that properties are selling quickly. Now let's go into the rental market, shall we? Particularly love the rental market, especially with us managing properties across 200 Perth suburbs. We know the whole of Perth intimately when it comes to rentals. So number of properties for rent has actually hit its all-time low in 12 years at 1,776 properties. That is so low, it's crazy. Even in the last year, the rental market has dropped 33% further lower in the number of properties for rent. That is just nuts. And our uh, in our portfolio of not uh, 895 properties, we've got only 15 properties for rent at the moment. So very very tight, both in the market and in our portfolio. And that's also reflected in the vacancy rate remaining very low, estimated for September at 0.9 percent. 
our rental portfolios tracking at just 0.11% vacancy rate, which is like the lowest we've had other than 0% occasionally where we just have nothing vacant at all. That's probably like one one property out of, out of 995 vacant at the moment, so very little. Now, that's had a further decrease of 25% over the last year, which shows that the market is very, very tight with properties very rarely becoming vacant. Now, let's take a look at our median rent and what's happening with that. We've just hit a new high of $500 per week, which is above our previous high set back in July 2013, where we reached $470-$480 per week. So that's going to continue to nudge upwards, I think, and we'll go further into that in my crystal ball in a minute. And that's an 11% increase on the same time last year. Our portfolio of properties that we manage has just hit $456 a week. So we're continuing to increase our rents um, as we renew leases and do rent reviews at the six-month point. And it's likely to continue for some time. When we come to look at the rental inventory, mentioned previously the sale entry in inventory had 2.4 months of available uh, homes for sale. Um, at the moment, the rental inventory is only 0.6 of a month of available rentals compared to the actual demand and number of properties getting rented every week. So that is scary, 0.6 or basically half, basically two weeks of available rentals and they'd all be gone at the current rate and that's just nuts and that's why there's so much pressure on rental prices to continue to increase now let's go into our property clock timing as we look around at what's happening with all the capital cities for houses we've seen brisbane turn around to a declining market along with ipswich now i think uh, the proposed land tax changes really took the wind out of their market, they've been overturned and thankfully none of the other states will think about trying to pass such a ridiculous land tax proposal. If you didn't know about it, don't worry. Um, but if it was on your radar, you can breathe a sigh of relief that that's not getting passed now. And other changes, we've seen Perth still sticking around in a rising market on the property clock. Expect that to continue for quite some time. and. We've got some of our southwest country areas moving around to peak of markets. So it's another change since I last came to you. Now, when we look at the units, it's still labelled as a rising market. But as I mentioned, I am seeing the wind come out of the unit market a bit and not really hit its strides. It's probably going to be a further 12 to 18 months off before it uh, starts to regroup again, I'd imagine. When we look around, the other capitals, Melbourne's in a starting to decline, Sydney's in a declining market, Canberra in a declining market. And what these property clocks are really painting is that when you look at the rising markets around Australia, you've either got the choice of more country, regional locations, and I'm just going back to houses to talk about that for a minute here. So we've got places like Toowoomba, Townsville, Rockhampton, Caratha, Esperance, Darwin, Cairns. And when you consider if you want to buy into a market when it's still got a rising market ahead, 
you'd have to think that Perth is the absolute standout choice of all of the different places around Australia that are predicted to have a rising market over the next one to two years. So that's why I've called today today's episode Standout Choice. I'm going to go into f- to some of the other reasons why that's the case in a minute. So Poor Logic's index of uh, monthly tracking. I keep an eye on this, but inde- an index is really a top-level um, look at the whole city, similar to a median house price. We've had Tim Lawless on previously explained about that. So go and check that episode out. It was in December last year. But you can see that all the capitals are pretty much showing negative for the month. Even Perth had a 0.4% decrease for the month, and that represented the entire decrease for the quarter. Some of the other capitals are certainly coming off harder and going to have, hopefully, we'll have a softer landing, but I think there's going to be some more decreases in those before they uh, get to their, their settling point. And look, the way that I look at these uh, indexes is that at any one stage, there can still be suburbs that are growing, suburbs that are declining, um, and suburbs that are going sideways. So I wouldn't be basing my top level you know, decisions on just the index or the median house price alone. I'd be looking at the fundamentals for the overall city. And at any one time, there's always going to be better locations to buy in than others that are going to represent both a longer term potential that's worth holding for and a shorter term upswing. And that's where the art of selection comes in. So top 10 capital city, SA3s, which is a statistical area. And I've selected the those with the highest 12-month value growth just to get a feel for what areas have seen the strongest growth in median house price over the last 12 months. And guess who tops the list? It's been the Rockingham SA3. A lot of investors have been driving that market as well as home buyers as well, but predominantly investors from what we can see. It's had a 9.4% increase over the last 12 months in its median house price. Followed secondly by Quinana, which is another affordable area south nearby to Rockingham. Median house price has now hit 403,000 and they've had an 8.3% increase. Then Mandra with 7.8. And then we've got Fremantle, which is a higher median house price at 920,000. That was really playing a bit of catch up. So that's had 7.1%. And when we go down the full top 10, number 10 here is Kalamunda, which is in the hills at a 5.4% increase. Some of the other areas there, we've got Wanneroo, Gosnells, Armadale, and Joondalup. So Interestingly, that the far south have sort of had their gains. We're sort of seeing investors switching in popularity to some of the more underpriced areas like Woonaroo, Joondalup, and Gosnells now. And uh, some of those that are chasing yield more are looking in the Armadale City Council area. Now, factors affecting our market. Let's dive into some of these. So, the economic clock, which I look at sort of on an Australia-wide basis, it's very hard to just look at where Perth may sit because at any one time we're getting affected by the rising interest rates that's on a national level. We've got the stock market, which is on a national level. We've got commodity prices, which is affecting us nationally too. Then 
uh, we've got the falling real estate values, which are over east predominantly, and we're bucking the trend in that, if you will. So I'm kind of putting us at a national level at this number six on the clock, which is just past recession into falling real estate values, which is what we're seeing on the East Coast, not seeing here anywhere near as much. And I don't think we'll experience negatives, certainly when we look over a longer period of time, maybe on a single month we we have, but longer period of time moving forward, I think Perth's going to hold up very well. And then the next step in this economic clock, which we need to look out for is it's more than likely that by rising these interest rates, we're going to cook things too much, we're going to hurt the economy too much, and we may go into a technical recession. Now, the US is already in that space. They haven't properly called it yet, but certainly is in a technical recession. So after that, at some point, that's going to cause falling interest rates, and that moves us back around into the strong buy sort of recovery phase where we'll then see the rising share prices again, rising commodity prices rising you know overseas reserves easier money to get and that will then cause real estate values to really kick around again in sydney melbourne and i think we're going to see all the attention in the meantime so let's check in on a number of those variables i mentioned on the economic clock just to get a feel for how they might be affecting the overall uh, real estate market as well as perth in particular so I've got a graph here on the video if you're watching it, but I'll describe it to you showing our cash rate for finance basically over the last 30 years. So at any, at one stage, we were up as high as about 17% in 1990. And our cash rate now is just at, I think it's 2.6%. I'll get the actual rate for you in a minute. Next slide. But you can see that relative speaking, we're still way under the long-term average, which seems to have been at around sort of 5% on the cash rate. And we should be, I know it hurts when we're seeing the interest rates increase, but we should be, I guess, grateful and have that larger perspective that it's still very affordable compared to what others paid in the past. I'll let you know where I think it's going in a minute. So past uh, interest rate decisions, we've had sequential rises basically since the 4th of May this year, where our rate in April was on 0.1%. We're now at 2.6% cash rate. The last, we've had a 0.25, we had 4.5% increases. And then in October, we had just the 0.25. So it's looking like that rates are starting to stabilise. They're giving a bit more time to see what's going to happen to the overall economy and if inflation is going to be slowed enough and if what sort of impact these are having on our real estate market and overall economy. So I'm hoping that next month we'll either see a 0.25% in November or, a, or maybe left without a change. That'd be good. And then once the market, and I'm talking about you know, overall economy, people everywhere, people in the real estate market, investors, once everyone sees this stabilise, I think it's going to really kick the confidence back around and see Perth really picking up even more demand because there's a, quite a few investors and migrants and home buyer, other home buyers sitting on the sidelines just waiting to see 
where this is going to cap out and I don't think there's going to be too much more to follow. So wait and see, shall we? Now, the overall market has priced in a higher um, interest rate at around 3.8% cash rate. So that would be a further 1.2% increase and that's what the, the market on the ASX is predicting with their interbank cash rate futures for us to cap out at 3.8%. So, yeah, look, be prepared for a potential 1.2% higher increase. Factor that in. And if we don't see the full whack of that, then that would be fabulous. And certainly keep you updated every quarter on how we're going. Now, I've ran through a lot of finance stuff there. Hopefully, it didn't hurt your head. The actual rates on offer from banks, what it means for you is you should be paying no more than a 4 to 5% interest rate. Now, that's going to depend on your type of loan and your loan-to-value ratio. I had a great episode with Nick Aves a couple of episodes back on crucial finance questions answered. So, check out that one to go deep diving into this more. That was episode 97. And uh, CBA um, are still predicting rate cuts by the middle to end of next year. So it's not going to be forever. Set your sights on longer term, what makes a good long-term investment. Don't get Try not to get too caught up in the shorter term of where interest rates are going to go as long as you can afford it and hold the property. And that's the main thing. Now, I'm going to dance through and go through the homeowner lending by state for August. And this gives us a picture as to what is in the pipeline, what is the underlying uh, level of demand from the different types of buyers. Now, with WA, we're holding pretty firm. We've seen a bit of a dip. What's very noticeable, homeowner lending compared to the other states is that South Australia is holding pretty firm, pretty stable as well as WA. But we've seen quite a tick down in Queensland and quite um, significant decreases in New South Wales and Victoria. So their markets are really coming off in their level of homeowner lending and that's very noticeable. When we look at investor lending, we can see that WA is holding very firm with its investor lending and it's probably the only state that is. Even uh, South Australia has had a fair down downtrend. Got significant downtrends in Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. So what we're seeing on the ground is a lot of these investors that were buying in other states are certainly looking here. The early adopters are here. Those that um, don't listen to the media and have more confidence getting in now while there's still plenty of upside. So very interesting. When we look at the first home buyer lending by state, we've seen a little tick up in the first home buyer lending in WA, also seen a bit of a tick up in Queensland and a little tick up in Victoria as well. But it's still on an overall trend downwards, which I sort of expect to keep keep going. May have some migrants purchasing to start with, but most rent. So that's where the, all the demand's going from migrants into the rental pool. 
Now, let's chat about inflation. It's the dirty word that you see increasing your prices everywhere. (laughs) Why am I laughing about it? I'm just trying to deal with it in my own head. (laughs) Now, when it comes to inflation, the last reported numbers for June quarter was at 6.1% for the year to June. And what we can see is that the change in inflation from month to month has actually decreased. So it shows that it's slowing in the last month. Hopefully that trend continues and the inflation will start to actually decrease and hit a peak. I'm no economic expert when it comes to inflation, but we certainly got it better than a lot of other countries around the world. And hopefully all the measures we're taking with increasing interest rates will cause this to start reversing and hopefully the supply chains will continue to open up and that will alleviate pressure on prices. And we've spoken about in a previous episode, episode 80, where I did a deep dive in inflation and actually looked at the supply side issues that are causing it. And that's a really interesting episode to go back and listen to if you want to understand more about how that's going to affect our property market, potentially affect our property market. So the RBA's target and for inflation is 2 to 3%. We're at 6.1% for the year. It's currently being driven, obviously, by supply chain restrictions, which I mentioned. And the real household inflation that we're all experiencing is typically a lot higher than the actual what the consumer price index shows. So we all know we're feeling it a lot more than just 6%. And a final thing to just remind you of here is that the best hedge to inflation to protect and maintain your wealth is to have debt on an asset such as property, and that's going to see the debt value uh, get taken away, becomes worthless every year, and uh, the value of your asset should at least maintain and if you buy it in an increasing area, that's going to have you be able to work the gap whereby your assets increasing, the, the value of your debt is decreasing and that's what makes you wealthy over time. So even more important now to have uh, leverage holding a quality asset and not leaving your money in the bank. So now let's check in on the stock market and we've certainly have hit an all-time lows in October, early October. We had a bit of a bounce back in the recent week, but overall we're still, you know, some 8% down over the past year, some sort of 10 to 15% down over the last 18 months. So people aren't terribly happy when they log in and see their super balances and shit, what their share portfolios are at. And that's why I think uh, some investors are looking to migrate their money and into property and in particular looking at Perth because we're a stand- the standout choice. Now, why are we the standout choice? Well, let's go deeper into some of the highlights of the WA economy. And this is current as of the 15th of September and really just shows the underlying strength that we have. So our unemployment rate is the lowest across all states at 3.1% and our participation rate is the highest across all states. No wonder migrants are being attracted here for the jobs. And then when you just look at our 
strength of overall mining and resources. We're the world's largest producer of iron ore, third largest of LNG, third largest producer of gold, and world's largest producer of lithium. So, you know, all of this is ad- adding up. When you then look at our average weekly earnings, would you believe we've got the highest of all states? Having the most affordable property market, it certainly is uh, a compelling reason why Perth is a standout choice. And I'm going to go into the economic forecasts here. So very strong economic forecasts for our state final demand at uh, 4% for this year, 3% for the following years, and 2.2 to 2.5 the other years after that. So we're predicting to maintain a strong growth in our overall state final demand and our state product is also looking favourable. The predicted unemployment rate is expected to continue just as low, so plenty of jobs on offer for the next three, four years as far as the government's predicting. And population is set to increase and keep increasing over the next four or five years as well. So all round, that's why we're a standout choice when compared to the other capitals. Now, what's happening with our iron ore price? Yes, we're the largest sort of exporter of iron ore in the world, as I just mentioned. Very sort of key what's happening with our iron ore price. We hit a peak back in 2021 towards the end of the year. We've now hit, uh, you know, closer to the longer term average at $100 a ton, I believe that is, but it has come off a lot over the last sort of six months. So it is stuck correcting and it's certainly not as lucrative to be pulling iron ore out of the ground as it once was back in 2021. And I believe that this decrease in overall demand for iron ore is predominantly being caused by China coming off. So their demand has been coming off. They have been decreasing their need for iron ore and that's obviously going to affect the price. So hopefully they can get on their feet over the next year, see that sort of increasing and maintain increases. But I have to also think that with countries sort of gearing up more to protect themselves, it's only going to be a short-term thing where there should be ongoing demand for iron ore unfortunately building all the you know military industrial complex which seems like such a waste of resources but when we've got countries fearing for themselves and we're seeing what's happening in the ukraine it's going to lead to steady demand for our resources i think in the coming years now policy changes and impacts there's nothing like drastic that has been uh, come across either at the state or national level worth mentioning I did notice that the state government has been fast-tracking the creation of around 75,000 blocks. These are going to be in 13 outer area planning sites. It's still likely to take up to five years, so it's not really going to help the supply over the next two or three years, but at least they're working on it. And this is part of their Perth to Peel at 3.5 million population. I believe that's by 2050, so that's part of their framework. And, you know, at least they are working on developing and creating more land and trying to fast-track it. So hats off to that, um, create more homes. But it does lead to more and more urban sprawl 
And if you are buying uh, properties in these outer areas as part of newer land estates with all sorts of land around them, it's also going to mean that there's going to be ongoing supply coming on and that's going to keep your prices suppressed. So not would not be the areas I would be buying into, especially knowing that in the next five years there's going to be heaps and heaps of land coming on. So tips to thrive and survive. Actions to consider. Well, focus on buying quality without any major negatives. That's probably not going to change regardless of what the market's like. Take the opportunity to get in now while the negative media focuses on the East Coast capitals and putting a lot of investors off. If they're not worried about the East Coast markets decreasing, they're just as worried about interest rates increasing. So push on past that negative sentiment and you'll be happy that you did come six or 12 months time, I think. Still great though, you're buying an exceptional rental yields on offer in Perth. Where to buy? Well, get our buyer's info pack or come along to our event that we've got coming up with John Linderman. That's going to be a very exciting one. And other action is to continue to increase your rents when you can, so you can offset the interest rate rises. And if you've got us as your property manager, we'll take care of that for you. Now, my crystal ball for the year ahead. Well, I expect rents will continue to increase over the next 12 months. I'm expecting a further 10% rise. It's now clear that WA is one of the very popular destinations for migrants. They're being drawn to work in Perth, very attractive, low house prices and low unemployment rate and attractive migration policies. See episode 83 where I covered migration insights with Anthony Tran, one of our most popular episodes on the podcast. That's really worth checking out to understand what's actually happening in that space. More investors, I expect, are going to continue to buy here more and more, attracted to our low price and high rental yield with good prospects for growth over the next three years. I see us as having the most solid fundamentals of any capital city, and I expect at least 5 to 10% growth for the inner and desirable areas over the next year, and at least 10% growth for most outer areas. So the upper end, high premium, full top end suburbs have started to decrease a little bit in the median house prices I'm seeing, but most investors won't own a property there. I'd be focusing on the best area that you can afford and focusing on the longer term picture while still aligning the shorter term. We can do that with our buyer's pack. And uh, John Lindemann's got some really great tools. That's why I'm bringing him over to talk to us about his methodology, which can really help tip the odds in your favour with your area selection. And that brings me to our event that we're having on Thursday, the 10th of November, 5.30 to 8pm, how to profit from Perth's property boom. It's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to just seeing some investors face-to-face. I feel like I haven't gotten out much still since COVID. We're going to be helping people hit the ground running with expert information that you can't afford to miss. And we're going to be having an inspiring evening. It's a free event, so I'm going to cover all the costs for John to come over and really like his thinking and methodology for things. So see why Perth's property market will boom in 2023 and beyond, getting all his thoughts on this as well. Learn why now is the ideal time to capitalise on the potential growth. Discover the 10 Perth suburbs with massive boom potential. We're going to go through those for us. 
learn why some suburbs boom while others go backwards and understand how to make the best possible decisions and avoid risk. And of course, you can enjoy a drink while meeting some other property investors. Can't wait to get out there and mingle and see some uh, familiar faces. So go to investorsedge.com.au slash event to register now. If you have any problems with that link, send me an email um, or go to our Perth Property Investment Facebook group and all the links are in there to come along and grab your free spot. Now, tickets are limited. I'm really sorry if you are listening to this and you go to get a ticket and there's none left. Weren't sure what sort of demand we'd had, so we were limited to 80 spots. And uh, there's a demand for this type of thing. I'll look to get John back sometime next year. Bit about John there if you're reading um, the slides, but he's from Property Power Partners. He's regularly contributed to all the magazines. He's one of the, I guess, most experienced researchers and very widely respected leading property market analyst. So excited to have him over and chat everything uh, Perth Property and help people make better decisions. So now that's the event. Let me move on to some final ways we can help. If you're considering sale, get a complimentary sale appraisal from me at investorsedge.com.au slash appraisal. Join my property investor update for suburb intelligence reports on your areas of interest. That's at investorsedge.com.au slash join and get details of our investor support services for help with buying. And that's at investorsedge.com.au slash invest. We do all kinds of things like uh, inspections for East Coast investors at a very minimal cost. We also have, I can do specific reviews of properties before you make an offer on them. It'll help you avoid any mistakes. So, look, thank you for tuning in today. If you've enjoyed the episode, be sure to post us a review on iTunes or Spotify and be sure to tune in to the next one. So, we're leading up to the big 100th episode where I'm going to be announcing a bit of a prize draw in the coming uh, few episodes. But thanks for tuning in and I'll catch you on the next one. Before I go, you can actually win a fabulous lunch with me and we're doing this to celebrate our 100th episode of Perth Property Insider. So, I've decided to do something very special and give away to one lucky person or couple fabulous lunch with me to discuss property, your strategy, the market, life. There'll be an epic lunch to remember. So, all you have to do to go in this prize draw for winning a fabulous lunch with me is to post that review on Perth Property Insider on iTunes and Spotify by the 10th of November and send me a quick email to let me know and you'll go into the draw. So post your review on iTunes or Spotify, send me an email to let me know and uh, you'll go into the draw. My email's jared, J-A-R-R-A-D at investorsedge.com.au. If you're on my Property Investor Update, you can just click uh, reply and I'll get that. And uh, Really appreciate your support of the show. See you next time. Just a reminder that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, 
make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Thank you.